0: We started that first sermon by asking the question, who is your primary care provider? Have you trusted in the Lord? Are you dependent upon Him? Are you allowing Him to care for you? Because it's in Him we move and breathe and have our being. And then last week we talked a little bit about when was your last health and wellness check? That God wants to examine us, that we would take a time to look at where we are. Are we healthy? Are we being strengthened? Are we following his plan and his purposes and allowing his full work to grow in us? And so it's important that we do that examination, that we have that health and wellness check, that let a man examine himself. And then to this week, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about a healthy Christian is an exercising Christian. Maybe you, like I, have spent a little time exercising uh, and and, and you got a little weary at times and and, and maybe you were out there running a little bit longer or farther than you wanted to run and you just wanted to rest. Anybody ever been there? Maybe you got a little tired from uh, all the running and all of the laboring that was going on. And so I just want to share with you that faith is the same way. Just like our physical body can get out of shape and, uh, and can be depleted and lack energy, our faith can as well. See, our faith is like a muscle. If it is not used, if it is not exercised, it will have atrophy. It will start to start to get stiff it will start to tighten up. In other words, it won't fully function and exercise and work the way God intended it if we're not exercising and building up that muscle. See, some of us spend time every day exercising certain muscles that we want to develop. We want them to get them stronger. Maybe it's a muscle in the mind. Maybe it's a muscle in the arm. Maybe in the leg, but we exercise it so that we can develop it and get stronger. So faith is like a muscle and it's in need of being exercised. Faith is the gift of God. See, it's given to us by God. It is not of ourselves. We can't create it or earn it. We receive it from him. It is the special work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to who Jesus is and to show us our need for him and to create within us the capacity to trust him. See, it starts with him. But not just trust him for one time, but continuing to trust him by exercising our faith. See, it's an exercise. Something that we are built upon. See, the reality is that we have been given a special gift, each and every one of us. But we are not accustomed to operating in faith. We're like, we're given it and we look at it for the first time and we say, what am I going to do with this? Anybody ever been there? Which takes this new life we have been given... And as we exercise it, it makes faith a lifestyle. Through the effective working of it. See, we we get it and we don't really know what to do with it. But as we study his word, the Bible tells us, study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. And so as we study, as we receive from the Lord, as we start growing, this faith transitions into a lifestyle, and this lifestyle is called godliness. And if we allow it to be effective in our lives, it produces godliness. And before you know it, we're fulfilling the plan and the purposes that God has for his children. But maybe you, like me, you kind of felt awkward when you came to Christ, when you received of it, and you didn't really know what to do with it, so you just, that old saying, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Anybody ever been there? You just kind of went through the motions and through the steps, and you just kind of walked through the process a little bit, but it was kind of Herky-jerky. And so we see in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, and we're given this passage of Scripture to hold on to. See, it says this, But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. A healthy Christian is an exercising Christian. There's a little bit of background that we see in this passage that we get from Peter and we get from the Apostle Paul. See, in this passage of Scripture, Paul is for the sharing with timothy the importance of not being seduced and deceived by false teachers by false doctrine and caught up in traditions that have nothing to do with godliness see what we gather is that the people or the teachers of this day were taking their natural understanding or their traditions and trying to apply them to this new spiritual life. You ever been there, try to just apply it, put it together? And so we asked the question, why? Why did they try to do this? Why did they try to kind of apply some natural things? Let's see, they didn't have a full understanding of what Jesus Christ had done and how he had given them a new spirit And that it was so important for them to walk in the Spirit so they would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so in their lack of understanding, they did what came natural to them. They did what they understood or knew. They fell back on their old ways, on their natural ways, and so they they, they tried to incorporate some of the things that they had learned in their tradition in Judaism into now their new life in Christ. One of them was the forbidding of marriage. And I said, if, 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 if you want to be righteous, if you want to be uh, godly, that let's do this. Because we saw this in the Mosaic Law. And so Paul was addressing that and he was speaking to him and he said, don't be binding people up with what God has set them free. Another one that they did was abstaining from meat. See, don't eat that particular meat. You can only eat this and on this day. And he said, don't call what God has made bad, what God has said is good. And that he made meat fit to eat. He said, pray for it. Don't just eat anything. Know that you need to be healthy physically as well. But pray over that blessing and eat. Don't try to put these traditions that he's not a natural God, he's a spiritual God. And it's so important that we walk in the Spirit and we understand the truth of God. So maybe you, like myself, have thought about some of these modern isms that we may have. One of them may be that, you know, we have food in the sanctuary and we get a little tense and we have a little water or a drink in the building it's going to be all right God's bigger than that if a little water spills it's okay see it doesn't equate to our righteousness yes we want to be respectful we want to be honorable when I grew up, as I was growing up, if you didn't have your finger up in that sanctuary, woe was you. See, that's not equating to righteousness. It's a tradition of man. It was a sign of respect. Oh, yeah, I'm up, up moving, but I acknowledge that I see you, pastor, or I see you, Congregation but it doesn't make us righteous because we can do a whole bunch of traditional things. We are righteous in Christ. Because of his finished work, we can trust him. And so there's a straining for a healthy spiritual body. Are we willing to strain for it? Are we willing to press towards the mark of the high calling That's in Christ Jesus. See, 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8 tells us this, but reject profane and old wives' tales. See, reject those traditions. And exercise yourself towards godliness. That you're exercising that faith that's been given to you, that it's a gift of God. And that if you exercise it more and more, it's going to create godliness within you. But that first part of that verse tells us this, that there's something that we need to do. It says, but reject, and the King James Version says, refuse profane and old wives' tales. Those things that can kind of get us twisted up, those traditions. Those things that we think have something to do with how we serve God, but they lack the power within. Reject the old traditional ways that are ultimately unprofitable. Reject the easy way that does not require any working out of your soul's salvation, your mind, will, and emotions. Don't just do church the same old way and think you are going to get a different result. See, we got a Step out and restrain ourselves for the work of God. See, the spirit that lives within you and I is alive, it's godly, and it's in need of being strengthened day by day. So we have to allow God's work to be in us and through us. So The way you become stronger spiritually is through spiritual exercise. We exercise our faith. Godliness is to be a lifestyle. If we do not exercise godliness, it will always seem like a foreign lifestyle. It's going to always seem foreign to us. It's going to always seem rough. It's going to always seem like we're, we're not connected. And we're just going through the motions. And I believe this is why Paul said what he said in Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14. He says, Brother, and I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, that are unprofitable, that don't mean a hill of beings when it comes to my relationship with God. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a straining, there's a pressing, because there's a war going on. And the war is for your faith. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith, saints. That there's a pressing that's needed to be done. And just like as a healthy Christian or a healthy person, for you to gain muscle, to to get stronger, you have to strain. Can I get a witness? And it don't feel good. It's going to hurt at times, no pain, no gain. Our spiritual life is the same way we have to press. See, if we're looking for it easy, we're not going to build any muscle. We're not going to get stronger. If we quit at every turn, it's not going to be fit for the fight. It's not going to grow us and strengthen us. So I want to spend a moment and just share with you and talk about the profitability of the exercising Christian. That when we exercise, there's profit in it. We see that very next verse in 1 Timothy 4, verse 80, it says this, For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. So there's some profitability in this exercising of our Christian faith. See, the first profitability that we get, or the profit we get from it, is we learn to operate in a new spiritual body as we exercise it there's a learning how to operate and maybe that first time you got on that bicycle or tricycle it was kind of awkward and you fell off and you fell onto some rocks or in the grass and you skinned up your knee and then maybe you were with mom and dad or someone else and they Lifted you back up, and they helped you back on that bike. And as you continued to work at it, you started figuring out, you started learning how to stabilize it and how, and how to ride that bike. And once you learned how to ride that bike, there was no turning back, right? You were mobile. You could go everywhere. And so God wants us to learn how to operate in this spiritual body. Romans 8, 14, 15 tells us this. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, it's going to show who we are, who we belong to. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father we fully started understanding who we belong to, whose we are, and who we are, and the plan and the purpose that he has for us. We started learning this. We start learning how to operate as children of God and not just saved, not just having fire insurance, that there is power in the believer, that our faith means something, We start learning that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we can operate in the Spirit and not be controlled by this flesh. Because we remember how Jesus, at times, he would look at his disciples and he says, "Oh, ye of little faith, why are you afraid? Why are you struggling? Why are you doubting? And much of it was because they weren't exercising what he had given them. See, one of those second profitable elements of an exercising Christian is he becomes effective in the gift you have been given. Understanding that it's profitable for all things. See in James the fifth chapter verse sixteen, James said it this: "Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed." The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the emphasis on that effectual fervent prayer. See in the Greek, it means to be operative, to be at work to put forth power to be effective. That God has given each and every one of us gifts. And when we first come to Christ and the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts, we don't know what to do with them. Sometimes we don't even know we have a gift. And then we realize that we have this gift, but it's kind of hard for us to figure out what we do with it. See, God wants us to exercise it. And as we exercise it, we start receiving power in that gift. And that gift can be effective for God's intended purpose, to do the work that he planned and he purposed for it. And so that's a profitability for the kingdom and for us. You see, there's also a third part. That is profited from exercising Christians, and it's that we become a healthy part of the body of believers. See, the body has many parts; it has many joints. It may be you, like myself, at times you just you know probably didn't like people too much. anybody ever been there? Thought maybe people were nasty uncaring and you probably even said at times I don't want to have nothing to do with people and then God gets a hold of your life and you see those two great commandments to love God and to love others and you realize that because of his love you can love also And he wants you to be effective in ministering to his body and reaching the world. And so we see 1 Peter 4, 10 that I mentioned earlier, it says that very point. As each one has received a gift, your gift is from God. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God that we would do good with it that we would manage it well so you have a purpose you are needed and you play a vital part in God's grace plan just like his merited favor was on you and I he so desires to have grace upon others And see without you and so you know we we think well What can I do? What part can I play? Because yes, the body could limp along without a knee. But the knee serves no meaningful purpose without intimately being connected to the body. Maybe you're a finger, maybe you're a toe. But each part plays a vital part in the body of Christ. The Bible says the strong bears the infirmities of the weak. At times we're going to be strong and at times we're going to be weak. And as our brother and sister stands together with us, there's a bearing up. There's a strengthening in one another for his glory. So that word manifold that we see in that scripture means the rich variety of its manifestation of grace. See, we all don't look alike. We all don't talk the same way. We all don't have the same background, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has variations of his grace that he wants to manifest. And so he's giving you a gift so that that gift would be serving his plan of manifesting his grace. See, God made each of us uniquely and wonderfully to serve a purpose. We are not exactly the same, and we come with different gifts. See, Peter is saying that the gift you have is to be ministered to the body as a good steward. Don't waste it. Do good with it but knowing what to do with it. See, that's where we struggle at times. And it's because we haven't been exercising it. So the question are, are you exercising the gift that God has given you? With all of its variations, with all of its differences, God wants to use it for the health of the body. So God makes opportunities, you know that? For you and I to get some exercise. Sometimes we don't, make, we don't like the opportunities that God makes. Because there can be some challenges and there can be some roughness in there. And I remember a few years back, actually a lot of years back. I'm getting up there in age. It's probably about almost 30 years ago. And I was, was just a few years in the military. I was a lieutenant at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I was an artillery lieutenant, an artilleryman in in the Army are kind of like sailors in the Navy, some of the raunchest people you want to meet. And so I had a, a, a maintenance sergeant that was going up for promotion. He was desiring to be a staff sergeant, and in the, in the Army they had, they had a point system where you had to get a certain amount of points, You had to get signatures from your supervisor, signed signed off by the commander, and submit it before board. And so he had did all of this. He had provided me the packet. We went through the process, and a few weeks later, come to find out his packet never made it to the board. And how I found out his packet never made it to the board, it was when I got a knock on my door by the Inspector General. And if any of you are aware of that, the Inspector General for the Army is like internal affairs in law enforcement. They're the ones that come and inquire and inspect, and you never want to see these guys. And so I have this Inspector General uh, in my office, and Uh, And they are talking to me about uh, there's been a complaint made towards me concerning one of my sergeants, and the complaint was large that I was racist and that this was the reason why he didn't get his packet before the board. This is why he didn't get promoted, and they were investigating whether or not I was racist. And this hit me like a ton of bricks. See, the gift that I knew early on that God had given me was to shepherd and care for others. To oversee and watch for their benefit, for their good. And I even knew this as a young lieutenant and a young man. So we went through the process of answering all of these questions, of checking what happened to the packet, what went on. And at the end of the day, when the investigation was complete, they had the documentation that showed that he had given the packet to me on one day. And the very next day, I had signed it, reviewed it, submitted it to my commander. And my commander had signed it the very next day. And somehow from my commander, it got put on the shelf and never made it to the board so they said, Lieutenant Williams, you are completely clear of any charges. We could clearly see that you did the right thing. But I'm here to tell you, saints, inside of me I was angry and I was upset. And I said, how could someone, if they truly knew me, they would never say that? And made those accusations. And so a part of me wanted justice. Now I remember going into this meeting. The sergeant asked to see me. This sergeant couldn't even look up at me. His, his head was down. You could see that he was contrite humbled embarrassed that he had ever even uttered those words and god had said remember the gift that i've given you now let the varied grace that i have for you be poured out on him and so i spent about an hour just loving and talking and sharing and getting to know him and allowing him to get to know me and his family i saw god work in that situation Because I believe for once in his life, or maybe, uh, maybe it wasn't the only time, but he saw a black man not wanting justice, but giving grace. And that can only come from the God we serve. And it's so powerful that it can transform the world around us. And it was because of God and what he's done that we were able to do the same. See, being a good steward and not a poor steward of the varied opportunities to show God's manifold, his varied grace within the gift he has given each and every one of us. See, your gifts will be challenged. They'll be put to the test. There are times you'll be weary, but as you allow yourself to be exercised in them, demonstrating and showing the manifold grace of God, it will be a strengthening of you and those around you for the health of the body, and the body will grow. and it will get stronger. See, Shelby Spears said it this way in some of her commentary. She said, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Grace, the word alone, contains spiritual undercurrent to change the world. And manifold grace, the emboldening objective makes it impossible for us to hide from the implications that God can do something where man can't. See, each of us receives a spiritual gift for serving one another and as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so Shelby ended her statement this way. She said, maybe we all remember, may we all remember our inherited pardons and pass them along to others, especially when doing so is a challenge. Don't do it when it's easy, saints. Anybody can do that. But when it's a challenge, may we all remember our inherited pardons where he pardoned us and pass them along to somebody else and watch God do a mighty work. Saints our gifts are intended to be exercised. If not, we will react and respond just like the world. We'll fall back on our natural tendencies, on those fables and traditions of men, But when we exercise, there's a building up, there's a growing, there's a strengthening in the body. So the fourth profitability of an exercised Christian is it helps to grow the body into a healthy body of believers. Look what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 verse 16. He says this, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. And compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. See, there are some key words there in that passage. The first key word is fitly. See, the word fitly means in a proper or suitable manner. That the whole body is joined together in a proper, suitable manner. That God ordained, that he planned, because of Christ, that we are joined together as one. See, it's fitting that we're to be together because we're one in Christ. It's not fitting that we be separated, that we be divided, but that we be together. Fitly joined together. See, Ephesians 4, verse 5 and 6 reminds us there's a one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. See, we should never be running from each other. We should be running to each other. We're fitly. We're supposed to be joined together. Another key word there is compacted. It means firmly packed or pressed together, compressed. As we are compacted or we're firmly packed together, we are stronger as the body. But as we're loosely separated, we're weak. And so Paul reminds us that compacted by that which every joint supplies. See, the gifts are supplied by God through the Holy Spirit, and we allow them to be applied in what God has purposed and measured for every part. You all are valuable. We all are valuable. We all play a part. It's so important that we allow our part to be together. And then there is the key word of effectual working producing an effect, are the effects desired or intended, not by us, by, but intended by God, that we would be effective in producing that result that God has fashioned. Do, do you expect God to be effectual, to do what he, plan, he planned and purposed? Absolutely. And he desires to use you. To bring about his perfect will. Ephesians 3, 7 tells us this, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. See, it's his power to provide that intended result that works through us. that is effective to do what he's called, intended to do. He gives us a gift. For that intended purpose. That it edifies the body. And that word edify means to build up. And if we look at it in the, in, in the Greek, it literally means the building of a house. The building of a house when we edify one another. We're putting some bricks on it. We strengthen it in the roof so when the storms come and the trials may blow, the house isn't torn down. See, in the Vines Expository Dictionary, the word indicates the promotion of spiritual growth when we edify one another. And the development of character of believers that our character Our integrity is a character of righteousness and godliness. That we don't cheat on our taxes. We don't steal. We honor all men. We love God and love others. We allow ourselves to be persecuted, but not torn down. See, this suggests the spiritual progress of the process of patient labor that we're laboring to edify, to be strengthened, to build a house so that it will stand for all eternity in the here and now and glory that God has for us. So the last portion of that verse and First Timothy says this, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. See, the f- suffering of this world is not for naught. There's an intended purpose. That's just like when we're on that exercise machine and we're suffering and we're, you know, we're doing a couple of miles and you're, you're getting tired. There's an intended purpose. There's health being built. There's a building of the body. And so that we would prosper in the land of the living. That we wouldn't be broken. That we wouldn't live like we're not children of God. But we would understand that we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That the glory of God is upon us. That we walk in his liberty and that his glorious liberty is upon the children of God and we have favor with the Lord. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us mercy. He gives us what we don't deserve. We reap the harvest of this land. And we don't keep it to ourselves. We share it with somebody. See, the spiritual reminder today is that there's a caring for others in this godly exercise. We never forget about God, and we never forget about others. So, saints of God, I encourage you with this. You have a place in the body. You are shaped for God's ministry. For God to do a work in this land don't pass up your opportunity that god is making for you to exercise your faith and yes there will be times of weariness we're going to show you the fine print there's going to be trials and tribulations jesus said himself he said let me show you what you must suffer for my namesake But God makes beauty out of ashes. He, tane, he turns the m- mourning into joy. He makes those that are weeping in the night have joy in the morning. And saints, you're going to make some mistakes. It's okay. When you got out there and started running, you maybe only could do a, a few feet. And as you kept going, you got a little bit farther, a little bit stronger. And before you know it, you was trying to get your old husband to run a half marathon. <laughs> and he looking at you like, what? See, there's a building up. And so he's reminding us to exercise everything that he's given us it doesn't have to be awkward it doesn't have to be strange god has blessed us with these spiritual gifts we are spiritual beings and it's so important that we understand who we are and we exercise and operate that way as we walk in the Spirit, as we run in the Spirit, as we allow the Spirit to dwell and be strengthened in us, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, I wanted to tell that sergeant off. That's what my flesh wanted. But the Spirit of God came to seek and to save. And said, Jeff, let the exercise of faith work in you. Let my manifold grace be poured out. And watch what it does for your family member. Watch what it does for your coworker. Watch what it does for your enemy. Because God's living word never comes back void. See, there are opportunities all through this church that God has made and equipped and positioned for you. There are opportunities in this community that he's positioned for you. There are opportunities in your workplace that he's positioned for you. He said, just take a step of faith. Take that one step. And it'll help you take that next. And a body in motion stays in motion. And the body is healthy because of him and all he has done. Saints of God, let's run the race and let's run it to win.